Welcome to Songs and Stories, a behind-the-scenes look at independent music. This time out featuring a chat with local singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and producer Henry Chadwick. Lots of cool stuff in this one. Here we go. Well, welcome once again to Songs and Stories, and Happy New Year, Happy 2019. I'm kind of getting used to say that. It's always strange for about a month when January rolls around, but Happy New Year. Hope the holidays treated you well. Hope you survived 2018 and off to a new year with uh, nothing but potential and cool stuff on the horizon. So thanks for uh, downloading, streaming, tuning in, however you found this show. We always appreciate it, and thank you so much for listening. Um, so speaking of the new year, so far, so good. If you've been even a casual listener to the show, you know that last year I spent a lot of time with this new band project, Michael Gaither and his new best friends. We played, for, we did several K-Pig shows, played a lot of breweries, um, some other stuff too, and um, we're just getting started. So already, already this year, we've done a couple of brewery shows. We, we chose, we played Still Bonnet Brewing, we've played Santa Cruz Mountain Brewing, we have a big show coming up on February 2nd, which just happens to be Groundhog Day. That's just kind of how the date turned out. And I figured, you know, nobody really properly celebrates Groundhog Day. So we're going to do a Groundhog Day show. That'll be a full band show with a bunch of new songs and a few new covers at Jansen Music Store in Aptos, California, Saturday, February 2nd at 7 o'clock, 7.30 actually, 7 o'clock doors. Um, kind of house concert-like with uh, food and snacks. Feel free to bring something or not. Uh, plenty of food to share. But um, it's really fun playing at a record store. And I thought as the year is just getting off to its start, it'd be fun to do like a big show in a music store to kind of kick things off. So that's what we have coming up. And all that is on michaelgaither.com slash show. So have a look there. And uh, uh, meanwhile, here on the Songs and Story podcast, lots of things in the works. This first episode of the year, I'm really excited about. Um, Henry Chadwick is a, a local guy. And if you're local for us means Santa Cruz, Monterey, Bay Area. That's kind of where we're centered with, with this kind of music. And a lot of the people that I talk to, if you're new to the show, Henry is probably best known for being the, the drummer for the Coffus Brothers, a, a fine, fine local band that's kind of on their way to go places, but we, we love them very much, and they'll probably be on the next episode. And um, Henry grew up with Jamie and Kellen Coffus. In fact, there's this ongoing joke that there must be something in the water up in San Lorenzo Valley, which is north of Santa Cruz, because... The Coffus Brothers are from there, and Henry is from there, and Taylor Ray, and uh, there's just this, this this younger upstart group of people, musicians, that are putting out a bunch of really, really cool music, and they all kind of came from the same place. And a lot of them grew up together, which is really kind of fun. Um, Henry was probably best known for people that have seen him the most as the drummer in the Coffus Brothers. And he left the band last year, and it really struck me, because I didn't really know him, but both Jamie and Kellen Coffus wrote these wonderful blogs on their website about, you know, what a close friend he was and how 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 just happy they were that he was going to go off and do his own music. So there was there were no hard feelings. It was very mutual and supportive and blah 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 blah. Just you know, they really part of the music community here in Santa Cruz anyway is just supportive and do what you want. Um, so Jamie and Kellen Coffus 
just raved about Henry. So I was really looking forward to seeing what he did because I just knew him as the kind of the cool kid behind the drum kit. But he's putting out some amazing music. His new record is called Marlon Fisher. Um, that title is very significant, but you're going to have to listen to the interview because it's, it's actually really, really clever. Um, it's his first full-length album. He's done a lot of recording. He's done some EPs. Marlon Fisher is the new release, and we're going to hear something in just a minute from that. But as I got talking to him, I knew he had a pretty diverse background. He is a, a fine singer. He's got a great voice, great songwriter, plays everything. Um, I didn't know he recorded until we were talking earlier this year at a festival called Days of Wine and Wet Noses. And it turns out that his dad was a recording engineer in Southern California in the 80s, moved up here to just get the family into kind of a better environment. So uh, Henry's always known recording, too, in fact. My band, our band, might do some recording with him later this year. We're talking about putting some of the new tunes down. So Henry's, Henry kind of does everything, and he does it really, really well. Uh, so again, the new album is called Marlon Fisher. Uh, you can listen to it on Spotify. You can download it from iTunes. Um, as far as getting it in your hand, it's only available on colored vinyl because that's the cool thing to do these days. So you can find that at henrychadwick.net. So with all that as a precursor, let's hear a couple of things off Henry's record, Marlon Fisher, and then we'll talk to him around my kitchen table, and then we'll have him play something for us off the record live solo acoustic. Let's hear I Can Stick Around and Then Every Night. And if you are local, you've probably heard these on KPIC Radio. So here's Henry Chadwick, a couple of tunes off Marlon Fisher, and then we'll talk to him live about kind of everything. And as always, if you're new to Songs of Stories, you can find out more about Henry, more about the show at michaelgather.com. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-A-I-T-H-E-R.com. Look for Songs of Stories 82 up there on the website, and you can learn all about Henry as we will in just a moment.
Okay, so now we're on the record. All right. It's official. <laughs> so welcome to the house. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'm glad we got a chance to talk. We talked, I think, God, it was back in April, Days of Wine and Wet Noses. We got to chat a little bit mm-hmm. there. Yeah. We talked a bit about, because you... Hello, actually, let's let's back up. How long were you with the Coffus Brothers as their drummer? That's where I first most people listening to this probably first knew you from. I was with them from uh, from the very start, from when they were just uh, Jamie and Kellen Coffus. I think mm-hmm. they went by, and, yeah. Uh, and we would just like I think the first couple shows we played were half of you know they would do like an acoustic set because right. we hadn't worked out all the songs, and uh-huh. we'd come on and finish out the set, <laughs> and then. Um, yeah, so I, I think total it was about, if my math is right, about eight and a half years. Wow. Which was a long time. And um, yeah, and we kind of knew each other before that even. Like we all went to the same high school. and they it's, were, Yeah, yeah it's the joke there. about the water in San Lorenzo Valley. You and the Cavas brothers and McCoy Tyler, who's the honorary San Lorenzo Valley yeah, kid. Totally. And Taylor Ray, you know. <laughs> totally, yeah. It is Lee and that whole, that I've whole, been hearing yeah. that joke actually from multiple people lately. I, don't know, I, think, I don't know if Lori thought it up or I stole it from her. It's like... <laughs> Probably everybody says it now, you know. That's it's an interesting thing. We actually, I just played this um, uh, Taylor Ray and Friends show that they were putting on. Over that was on Friday, season. wasn't it? Was it was last Friday, and it was really cool to see everyone played like two songs each, and yeah, mm-hmm. Jesse Daniel and Taylor Ray and the. Oh, he's in the mix too. I forgot. Jesse yeah, yeah, was we, he was actually ago. the drummer in my old band, like in high school. Like, right. yeah, and like we grew up from way back. Like we wow. knew each other as kids and whatever, and. Uh, and he drummed some in my band too, and like the, my project when I started it, mm-hmm. and uh, um, I recorded his album or whatever, and right. and uh, yeah, it's just it was fun. It was cool seeing everyone. Um, uh, and I've known Taylor forever. It's just a small town, Ben. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, but um, it's cool. It was cool seeing all of that, knowing all these people for so long, and then seeing like how how. You know, like you, you check in every once in a while with them and see, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, oh, the music sounded cool. But then, you know, at this point, I feel like everyone's just making such cool stuff. It's cool singing all that. And you're all kind of on your own. Taylor's, I think, moving to, I talked to her. We're, I haven't actually met her in person. We've been emailing about doing this show. So she said she's moving to Austin, but when she comes back, well, you know, she's off and things. Jesse's been crazy busy. Yeah. Yeah. He's you hustling. Know. It's awesome. Yeah. The, yeah. Cos- yeah. the Coffer brothers are doing all kinds of, they're all over the place too. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're true road warriors. Yeah. They, they keep very busy. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Um, yeah. Actually, I was just on the road playing drums. Uh, Jesse was in a pinch and needed a drummer for a tour of the last minute. Mm-hmm. And I just got back on a... Uh, on Friday, actually, just like that, we drove from San Diego Thursday night through like started at like eleven thirty and parked at five thirty somewhere like Paso Robles and oh stuff. Two hours. That's a long drive. Yeah, and of course, I got I was like already sick, and that just like tipped me yeah. over. So fr- fr- the Friday night show was definitely a trip, but um, I'm still a little sick, but um, feeling a lot better finally. Good. Um, yeah, everyone's keeping busy. It's cool. It's nice to yeah. see. Um, was there, growing up, was there sort of any kind of friendly competition? You guys probably just encourage each other, probably. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, with this particular group of people, I don't remember feeling like there was any sort of competition. I felt like there was always, uh, we were sort of on the same, if there was any competition, it felt like we were always on the same side of things, because we were mm-hmm. always in one sort of project together or another, yeah. or... or um, yeah, like I said, like, you know, Jesse was in my band all growing up, and then he went and did his own thing, and then I was in the Coffers Brothers band, you know, and doing my own thing. So there was, it never felt like there was any... Nice. Yeah, it, was, it just felt like yeah. a, just kind of a community. This seems to be like a... I don't know if it's unique to Santa Cruz or it's a music community thing, because I'm in a much older generation of musicians, but there's no... Everybody just seems to encourage each other. You know, yeah. we're all looking for gigs. We're all trying to record music and write songs. And, you know, I don't really... I re- 
even in my age, you know, which is a couple of decades past you, I haven't met anybody that's, that seems competitive. You know, I think it's no. just people just want people to succeed because it's better for everybody. Right. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that there's, I mean, I've had conversations and it's an easy mindset to fall into, like, you know, especially when you don't know someone personally. Yeah. And if you're playing a lot to like, you know, have petty, petty conversations about, you know, whatever. And, but I think or it's how also... how come you're playing there and I'm not playing Yeah, there? exactly. It's such an easy trap to fall into, but I also just, I think that that just feels like something that's pretty like childish or whatever. Like when I was it a kid, is. I remember doing like battle of the bands or whatever. Uh-huh. And it was very much that mindset. And I just felt like it's just an icky feeling. I just, uh, you know, well, having an like, event calling, calling it, I mean, it's kind of yeah. private battle of the bands. It's you know? just not what it's about. You know, it's, no. it should be about, you know, just enjoying music. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with, you know, against mm-hmm. anyone else's music. You know? I have a really good friend, um, Dana Hubbard, he's a blues player and he's, he's in Texas, but he, he was at sisters one year when they were still doing the competition. And he, Remember him telling me? I think even on this on this podcast, he was talking about how he it was his turn to go up and compete, you know. And the person before was really good, and Dana's a phenomenal guitar player and songwriter. And he was really nervous, and he thought, just go up and be the best Dana Hubbard that you can. You know, just yeah. go, just, <laughs> just go and do your thing, you totally. know. And you find people that like you, and the people that don't, you probably never hear from them, and that's fine. Exactly. No, no one's going to be everyone's cup of tea, and Mm-mm. all the best thing you can do is be yourself more yeah you know what i mean and yeah. i always joke when i when i find my seven fans you know the people that like what you do it's totally it's, it's really cool totally yeah so i was gonna ask you so i know you, you do a lot of stuff so what was your first instrument um i actually started out on the keyboards okay and uh that's funnily enough like my definite weak link now Really? Because um, yeah. you, you probably don't do it as much. Well, probably you play yeah. with the Coffee Bros. You probably didn't need to. Well, yeah. Even before that, I switched. Like I played. I took piano lessons for a little while, but I was really resistant to try to like read music. Like uh-huh. I would. Like the first teacher wanted to make me read music. I was like, no, I'm gonna go to a new teacher. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and but I, you know, I learned a few things, and it just helps you get a good grasp, a better grasp on music and melody, and and um, and it's one of those instruments that's good to learn on because uh, aside from it being like. There's a lot of fingers. That's what where I, the, the tra- trap I fall into now. It's just like drums are multitasking, but as far as I'm concerned, ten fingers. That's like super multitasking. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and a lot of keys. But that said, like when you're starting out, it's like if you play a C, you don't have to worry about like the technique as much. You're playing a C, it just sounds right. like a C, you know. So like if you can get your fingers to touch the keys, it's gonna sound like a piano instead yeah, of I, like guitar where it could be buzzy and. Yeah, and I think with 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 keyboard, and I don't play piano. It's one thing I really. Someday in my copious spare time, um, I, I think with with piano, no matter how far you get, you have to learn some music theory, something, yeah. the way it's laid out. And I have a lot totally. of friends you probably get this too, where their their kids want to play, you know, should they play guitar or should I play? I go at least get them on piano for a couple of years so they get some of that and then move them on to strings. Totally, you know? yeah. So um, yeah, I started on piano and then mm-hmm. I moved on to play. I started learning guitar and like Twist and Shout by the Beatles mm-hmm. and like some three chord or two chord songs yeah. and whatever and then wrote a couple two chord songs i was in a band with my brother for years called uh well we, our first band was uh called blurt and that like lasted like a couple of years when i was in like fifth and sixth grade <clears throat> with our neighbor brian and uh my brother's buddy alden on the drums and then alden actually left his kid at our house and that's where i just started like sort of sneaking around on drums playing drums mm-hmm. <laughs> and me and my brother started another band <clears throat> called my stupid brother actually for years and um our bass player left and so then i switched to bass because i was like well bass is kind of like guitar so mm-hmm. kind of know the basics yeah. no pun intended there yeah. but um 
but based in singing, like looking back on it is hard. I think I was just playing it like a guitar player would, you know, mm -hmm. for the longest time. Uh, and then, yeah, like that whole time, mostly I was playing bass and singing in a band. And then, uh, but I was also just like more probably obsessed, like when I'd go into the practice or whatever, just play the drums, you know, right. and play along the records and just figure out beats. And I had a lot of fun with that. And then would start jamming with the, the, the Coffus brothers and some other friends, like my brother and mine that would come over and jam. And, um, and yeah, just kind of, when they were putting together a band, they were like, yeah, we want to play Hmm. I was like, yeah, sounds sounds fun. Um, the rest is history. The rest is history. <laughs> and then you, then you were on your way. Well, I remember, I think, when I first really knew, uh, heard about, you know, I'll, I'll link this into the podcast, but when you left the band, um, Jamie and Kellen bo both wrote these these long, just beautiful blogs about how long how long you've been friends and how how happy they were for you and why you were leaving because and it was it was really sweet i'm like wow i gotta i can't wait till this guy starts recording some stuff and i can hear what he's doing but it was really nice oh cool yeah that was, that was nice. really nice i wrote them both and i said that was really sweet yeah yeah, yeah it was definitely like uh, very touching and and uh you know it was one of those things where i've dealt with people moving on from the band and in that band and in other bands where it was like not as ceremonious and we're just kind of bailed and, and sometimes yeah. where there was hard feelings and it's just like I don't know. I really none of us wanted that, and I told them like really far in advance, kind of what oh, my reasoning was, and yeah. that I was kind of thinking like in the next you know six months or whatever if they could find someone that you know. Yeah. I just wanted to do it the right way so that like everyone knew that you know it was a you know it was an important you know part of my life and mm -hmm. and uh, obviously love those guys and they're like you know a bunch of brothers at this point. You spend yeah. that much time in a van with anyone, you know. Yeah, and for the for the people who just watched the band, I would like, why the drummer leave? What happened? It was it was nothing nothing abrupt. It was like it was it was planned. It was it was, it was planned. It was discussed, and yeah, it was definitely like you know, it was kind of intense because I was you know I had been in that uh, band for a longer amount of time than I'd really probably been in any commitment mm -hmm. really so yeah yeah um yeah. so it was really it was a difficult decision but at the same time i kind of knew that i had to had to do it and they did too it. and they cool. did too yeah. yeah so um yeah and we're still in touch i, I might be re i mean i don't know if i can leak this or not because it might may or may not happen we're trying to figure out getting them in to do a couple couple songs uh there are there they got another album in the in the books but they've got some like leftover songs and i've been mm -hmm. recording them and, and nice. i've yeah, we, we we hang out. Aiden was also playing bass on that uh, tour with Jesse, so mm -hmm. we, we were all catching up this last yeah. week, which was cool. Yeah, very incestuous, talented group of folks. <laughs> yeah, totally. So when did when did um, studio work come along? Um, well, my my dad um, grew up. My dad and my mom were both pretty musical people. My dad grew up. He was like an engineer down in Hollywood at the mm -hmm. Cherokee Studios and a couple other spots okay. uh, back yeah. in the 80s before before he had kids. Right. And uh, worked with a lot of, you know, like, big acts at the time. And, like, a lot of a lot of hair metal stuff, but also, like, a lot of... It was a commercial studio, so whatever was coming through there. Right, whatever paid the bills. Ozzy yeah. Osbourne. And oh, fun. I think the Jackson 5 did something there at one point. Or wow. just, like... There's definitely, like, a lot... He's got a lot of stories, for yeah. sure. But um, he... When my brother was born... Um, uh, he, I guess he said he was working like 120 hours a week at that point, you know, which was just like, God, yeah. said he would wake up and, you know, see, you know, him for like a second and then right. I have to go to work. And he said it was just like, I, and I can imagine just not probably the, the, the best place to raise a family. Sure. Uh, place in time, you know, the Hollywood in the eighties, I can imagine yeah. pretty, pretty nuts. Yeah. Um, so in 88, yeah, they moved up, um, 
to this area, and he was from uh, his family's in Cupertino, and uh, he started working at a, you know doing some studio stuff, and then also he he set tile before he was uh, an engineer, so he kind of mm-hmm. went back to that, um, and started a family and a normal life, and uh, but he also he built a studio, and when he moved up to Ben Lomond when I was like seven, mm-hmm. in the like a shed in the back, kind of mm-hmm. built it out, and uh, with with gear he'd been saving through the years, and nice, so he kind of raised us with. Uh, it was always like around a little bit and uh, then when we were old enough for starting our own bands like he kind of helped record the oh, first nice. record and then yeah. trained us to do a little more on the second one and then by the, like the that band's third album like I did it all myself and mm-hmm. then I started just kind of taking on bands for really cheap or just for, for fun and um, or for practice or to for learn practice, or that, and yeah. then go, I went to school at Cabrillo College the mm-hmm. Cabrillo College the music, the music and the theory and recording program and then mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing sort of led to another, but that's always kind of been there, and I've just found myself really gravitating towards it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all this, I think me and my brother especially did, but I think even more so that was just like, a, a, for me, I was like, this is kind of music and recording, both are just kind of like... Well, like and it's it, it's in. nice because when you, plus you're, you had your dad showing you stuff, so it was one more thing to probably, you know, for you and your dad to do together, but then, you know, anybody who's written and record, written and went, performed and... I mean, if you've never recorded and you have to go somewhere to record, yeah, and that's kind of the route I took, you yeah. know. And it's it's a lot of work to figure it out and go to the right person, and hopefully you do. And, yep, you know, and, totally. And you uh, probably saved a lot of money doing it yourself. Yeah, and, I mean, I've been on both ends of that spectrum. When I did right. the first, when we did those records, and uh, excuse me, when I did the my first solo EP or whatever, mm-hmm. that was like a big thing I was like I know how to do this myself so I did it myself yeah and I was lucky enough to have the facility you know and 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 do it and then you have it's a little budget you know for promotion and for you know for other things that you need and and uh you know I've been on both sides of the spectrum you know where you you spend all your money on recording you gotta take a pause before you can finish the recording and then you're like well what are we gonna do as far as now what you know yeah and then how many people have like you know done a recording and then they get done it's like Okay, it's done, but then you've got to do, do something do with, it? with it, you know. Totally, it's, and so that's it's, what it's, it's a hard question. It's, it's hard to know what to do with it. Yeah, I always use like the analogy, like you're like a ship, you know, sending out like an SOS signal, like mm-hmm. in the middle of the sea, <laughs> yeah. and there's just no one around. So, what are you um, going to do? But um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then it's also helpful, like, because this last record, I I worked with the producer. I got a chance to work with the producer. I've been a big fan of for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got Rob Schnapp down in. Uh, LA and he's done like a lot of some of my favorite records Mm -hmm. and uh, but it was I found it to be helpful and also like the Coffins Brothers worked with the producer and Mm -hmm. even just from a drummer standpoint it's it's nice to be able to know what to ask for a little bit more too when you're working with someone else like if you're because there's like some buzzwords that everyone uses that are very vague like can you make it sound more warm or can you make it sound a little fatter can you make it sound you know yeah Um, but it is nice to like kind of have a little bit more specific uh, thoughts that they can be like, oh yeah, I because know, you've right. run the gear and you know what it does. Yeah, and you know exactly what to ask for. It, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's helpful in more regards that and I that I think I took for granted when I was when I was a little younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it probably and and knowing and knowing that makes the other thing too is when you're in the studio and you can actually tell the engineer exactly what you want in their language. It's not going to take as long. <laughs> yeah, that's know. absolutely true too. Yeah, I know. Definitely. We, I think we all know people who have just gone in and, 
you know, with no, I mean, I've done this too, with no plan and you just try, let's just try this. Well, can you, you know, but if you really know what you want and what to ask for, it's, it's more efficient. I think it's more fun. And then if you kind of know what you want and what to ask for, I think it, it kind of gives you room to like, well, let's try this since we got this done so quickly. Totally. You know, totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it. I love recording. Yeah. And, um, yeah, over the last couple of years, I've been doing a lot more of that, just recording other other bands nice. like around town and mixing. We might want to talk at some point. Yeah, totally. No, <laughs> definitely, we should. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for the for the new record, well, the name of the new record is uh, Marlon Fisher. Yeah. Which are I'm not a, I have no uh, I'm not a fisherman. Mm-hmm. I don't really have any affinity for Marlins, but uh, that's those are actually my middle names, mm-hmm. <laughs> which. Um, I always thought were bizarre middle names, and I, I always questioned because both my siblings had two middle names as well. Right. Uh, but both of them like had some connection to like relatives or something mm-hmm. that made more sense. But mine just felt like a weird occupation, <laughs> like <laughs> deer hunter, you know, or something like just bizarre. Right. Um, but so the spine could say Henry Marlon Fisher Chadwick. And he, yeah. Is that your name, or is that the album title? Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a little out of order. It's Henry Chadwick, Marlon Fisher, right. and the album. But but uh, I felt like the album. That's kind of a cool thing to have to explain. Normally, when you explain a joke, it's not funny. That's yeah. that's kind of that's kind of cool. Cool. That's why yeah, cool. That's what I figured. It was just like it's it's weird enough that it might get questions, and I think the, the, the I think I was smart. It's quirky enough, but it's interesting. Cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I felt like it's kind of like also just like a different take on a self-titled yeah. album. You know. Right. I like that. That's that's a good story. Cool. Is it is it getting people to kind of go? Why is it called Marlon? Is it happening? Is it definitely working? like it, they, they? I think people lean into it like in a weird way because they assume there's some fishing related story. So they're like, oh, so what's the name Marlon Fisher? And like yeah. it's like, uh, which is fun. I feel like it's always kind of a relief to people that it's my middle name instead of a fishing thing. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think funny. I don't think the album like screams fi- fisherman music. No, and again, when it came up on Spotify, I thought. Is this, did it did it miscategorize somebody? I got some guy named Marlon, you know. But it sounds like Henry, maybe. <laughs> totally. So I mean, I, I, and on the album, it's, it's it's got a really big sound. I wasn't oh, I wasn't sure what to expect. I liked it, and Kate Big's been playing. I don't know two or three tracks off of it. I yeah, think. I think a few. I'm not sure which ones have been. Yeah, I had my other yeah. notebook, but yeah. um, no, think... it's good. So it, it has like the, almost like a there's there's some '80s Foo Fighter kind of sounds to oh, it. Cool. Yeah. Um, in fact, one song I go, is that the Foo Fighters? No, that's. I think that's Henry. That's so funny. You know, yeah. it's it's funny. Like I, I uh, it's one of those bands that like and it, you sound, know, and it sounds big. And, you know, in a good way. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, I the I, I think like my influences span from like, um, you know, I obviously grew up in like the nineties and mm-hmm. and uh, and like the you know when I was a kid the Foo, like especially you know the Foo Fighters and a lot of those bands and Weezer and all that and Nirvana were like you know big, you know, influences on my young brain or whatever. So mm-hmm. those are things that, like, I, it would just not be, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's just, like, part of... Yeah, you know, what it, what, it's part, what, of, your, it's what part makes, of your musical DNA. Exactly. And then also, like, <coughs> a lot of, you know, 60s British invasion, like, mm-hmm. Beatles and Kinks and uh, The Who and Beach Boys and then, like, 70s, like, T-Rex and David Bowie and... And then, like, newer stuff, like, when I was younger, I really got into, like, the, when all of the, um, I call them the the bands, but, <coughs> like, the Strokes and the Vines and mm-hmm. the Hives and the White Stripes and all that <laughs> stuff kind of started coming out. Yeah. Um, and then there's a lot of newer stuff, and I felt like, I don't know if it's achieved or not, but I felt like I, I, 
I think in my old band and I used to just have a mindset of like, okay, I'm this genre, so I'm trying to do this. But I always felt, I feel like, I don't know, a good, uh, I just like less filtering now, just kind of like, mm-hmm. um, it can be an amalgamation of all that stuff. You it know? sounds like you. Yeah, you know, but why, why, why try and to I, make it? I, I think else? a lot of people go through that. <clears throat> first, I was like, people say, "You sound like Dylan." I go, "Yeah, but I, I don't really write like Dylan." You sound like Slade Cleaves. I go, "I love Slade Cleaves, but I don't really write like Slade Cleaves." And then I'm looking, to, and now finally it was like, I, you know, I'm doing like observational humor, local, whatever, whatever the hell it is I do. I think it just sounds like me. You know, totally. You know, yeah. So I think that's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think it's, I think that that's like kind of the best thing. I feel like it's hard to like say like, oh, I'm going to try to make something totally unique because it feels just, I think that makes it maybe more too calculated. Right. I think you just have to try to write a song and whatever it ends up. Yeah, you kind of let it go where it wants. Yeah, the less you try, the less you think about it almost, I think, like the more. Yeah, and there there have been a lot of songs I've written where I want to write it. There's been, I mean, examples, but I want to write a John Hyatt song kind of like this. And then I'll write it. And then it sounds nothing like John Hyatt, which is good. Or there's been yeah. like, I want to write a Petty song about this. And then I wrote it, and it, it doesn't sound like Tom Petty, so that's fine. But maybe totally. but that's the, the initial inspiration. Yeah. Then the song takes you somewhere else because you put your, your glum your own stuff onto it. That's that's kind of what It's inevitable. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And the worst thing is like, who do you sound like? Well, I sound like da 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 I'm so bad at answering that it's question. Ho- it's the hardest question. There's so many different bands I like, and it's just like I feel like whatever. I feel like there's a right and wrong answer. Whatever answer I choose is gonna be the wrong answer. Yeah, and then if I do that, I feel like I'm. I sound like that. I feel like I'm kind of full of myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? I know, and like uh, even if they say like what sort of genres, I'm just like I, I have a hard time with it. Like I, there's like three. I'll do like a slash slash slash. You know, like right. a, you know whatever. Yeah. Somebody gave me a quote years ago, and I, I still use it because it was because said Michael sounds like Bob Dylan if he was born in Texas and moved to Santa Cruz, and I'm like, there you go. That's kind of cute. That. I'll yeah. keep that. I use that once in a while. Yeah, that's good. But like, what do you sound like? Oh, I sound like me. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one. I feel like you could ask anyone that's listened to you, and they would have a better answer than probably. Yourself. Probably. Yeah. So, how big was the crew on this record? Because it has a nice big sound, but it's not like over the. T- I mean, it's 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 a good record. How big was the crew on this? As far as like performers or performers, or... singers, were you doing your own harmonies? Because there's some nice harmony work, but I wasn't sure if that was just you doubling. Yeah, or... most everything on there was me. There was yeah. Um, yeah, I played the drums, and there was a, we had a really good session bass player come in and play a few songs. He played mm-hmm. "I Can Stick Around," "Bag of Chips," and "Peace and Quiet" on the mm-hmm. record, and he did a great job. His name was Johnny Flower, and. Uh, but other than that, Owen Rob, the producer, played a little guitar on nice. some things and helped with a few hand claps. Mm-hmm. And mo- everything, <laughs> everything else was, I believe, on there was me. Nice. Which was, um, it's just a lot of layering. And I had done demos of these songs, so they were kind of half-baked ideas with some layers already. That's on good, there. and it saves you time and it gives you room to experiment in the studio it's, without burning exactly. Up. Yeah. So it gives it uh, sort of a starting place for everyone involved. And yeah, then, that's really important. Yeah, and it was done in a way that I'm I'm not used to doing. I'm so used to. You know, doing a few layers, mm-hmm. maybe working on a song, doing like you know, a few layers of a song, and then like you know, putting it in my car, listening to it for a little while, but ruminating on it and going yeah. back to it just yep. for my own stuff at least. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting. Like this time we went, we had twenty studio days blocked out, and it was like Monday through Friday mm-hmm. for like um, four weeks or whatever. Yeah, and then um, then it was like from noon to like whenever we finish like 10 or after midnight or whatever and right. um 
and we just we got the drums those are done. Long, those are long days. Long days, and then you but you get the drums done, and then basically then it, after that point it was just like song to song until the song's done. It could be anywhere from like one to three days on a mm-hmm. song, and then it's just kind of pretty much done until yeah. the end. If you hear anything different, or and then you know the mixing and everything. So it was totally different and, and pretty cool to just kind of be completely in the zone on a song and then just be like, all right, that's the way this one sounds. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, around on to the next. It's fun. it's funny doing a record. It's like it's so exciting. It's also so freaking exhausting. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. totally, it is exhausting. When someone says, "You must have, you must have had a lot of fun making that record," well, yeah, but I was also, you know, then you're. I don't know if you were you like waking up not going. We should change this. This is it. or have the songs just running in your head like a second voice when you're trying to go to sleep and definitely. Yeah. Um, the nice thing about it was committing after like after two days or whatever, like you'd get a rough mix of it, listen to it that night, mm-hmm. um, then work on it the next, and then you'd like, yeah, think about it the next night, that day is like, okay, we're kind of, I got to try to finish this one tomorrow or whatever, yeah. or maybe the day after, but like, you know, shoot for tomorrow and mm-hmm. like, so what does it really mean? You kind of had to think on your feet, you right. know? Right. Which was really cool because there was like a bunch of toys there, and you'd be like, "Oh, we oh, use the." Like, and you knew how to use them because you were you had some studio yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah, and there was some toys I I had not messed with. Like the, <laughs> I always have this thing where when I go into a studio, I like to like, uh, I, I I always have fun with like, t- sounds that you wouldn't usually hear that might be like tacky sounds that, that you can incorporate, mm-hmm. like weird toys and weird things like that. Yeah, uh, and there was this thing called the Meowzik there, and they just huh. had it as a joke. It was like a thirty dollar thing from target and they put right. it in there and like had these really cheesy kind of cool piano sounds mm-hmm. and keyboard sounds but you also had a mic attached to it you sang through it, a very like telephone effecty kind of thing comes out this little speaker <laughs> and uh and i was like has anyone really sang through this thing and they're like not really and then uh uh I was like, oh, man. and so i did it kind of as a joke doubling this song did a vocal take yeah and uh and they're like, actually, sounds sounds pretty sweet. So we ended up like doubling almost all the songs' vocals with this little <laughs> cheesy like. You know, That's fun. Just which was super fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a great time, and and uh, yeah, it was definitely like the biggest sort of studio production situation I'd been involved mm-hmm. with. Um, you know, um, and just the most time, just straight through recording, yeah. you know, in yeah. a row, which was a really cool immersive experience. Yeah. Was it was it hard to let go, or was it odd, or was it cool not kind of driving this one because you had a producer? This was kind of new. Um, kind I think a... it was. You know, it it would have been hard, harder than it was because I don't know. Like I said, I've been a fan of like I just I know this guy's catalog, and I'm a mm-hmm. fan of a lot of his stuff. He did like all like Beck's first album and oh, all wow. Elliot Smith stuff and this band The Vines. I grew up loving and yeah. and. Um, and still it was making cool records and mixing cool records today. Um, and so, like, I just kind of trusted him. So you were kind of a fan, so... As a fan, I just figured, like, there's a couple songs. There's, like, a, a Vine song that I'll use for, like, a like on the first EP I used for, like, a, you know, a reference track for this ending jam mm-hmm. section. Where I was like, oh, this is... It would be cool if I could get it to sound like this. So I just had a feeling the tastes would align yeah. as far as where to take it. And I, nice. I think they did. And so I didn't, I didn't feel like... Uh, I've definitely been in situations where you just, like, you know... You know the the engineer is good and talented, but you're like not sure if you know where each other are coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't feel like that this time, which was really cool. Good, yeah, um, yeah. You know, it was a, one sort of a, it was a really cool, unique experience, and uh, I'm definitely happy I did it. Nice. Yeah. So, so what's so what's going on? What's up for 2019? Well, I've got an EP that I've actually had in the banks, sort of right before I got the opportunity to work 
work with uh, Rob and Brian down there. Mm -hmm. I had finished this um, EP that I'd done half here and then half in New York. I was I was uh, had this development deal going with this little indie label out there, and um, at the time, and we'd finished this batch of five songs that I'm mm -hmm. really proud of. And uh, but then this opportunity came along, and I was like, I gotta put yeah. the put these out. Yeah. Um, but so I still have them in the banks. So I just have to get them mastered and I'm really oh, excited nice. about them. So I'm going to start putting those out in early spring, I think. Oh, very and, cool. And then, uh, I've been demoing a bunch of songs and mm -hmm. I've got some, got some tour dates coming up, some solo stuff and, uh, some full band stuff that I've started. I'm playing with the full band at the bottom of the hill in San Francisco, opening for the band Warbly Jets up from LA, which should be really fun, uh, on January 12th. Oh, good. And then, um, a few solo shows in January. Opening for this guy uh, Tommy Alexander up from down from Portland, mm -hmm. uh, playing in Reading, and then in Bellinas. Oh, Reading's fun. I'll let my my Reading pals know. Oh, cool. Reading's well, a pretty good music town. It is. I've played this venue before, and it's I Where really like it. It's called the Dip, yeah, and I it's it. it's a cool it's a hip spot. They've got like a I'm a sucker for a pinball machine. They've got a good Ooh, a few classic pinball nice. machines in there. The so real pinball machines. Yeah, I love a pinball machine. Yeah. And then. Um, and then uh, it's just a nice stage, a nice venue right next door to a cool little music shop. And then, uh, yeah, in Bellinas. And, yeah, a couple San Francisco dates. And then I'm heading up to uh, Oregon and Washington for a few solo shows in, wow, nice. in February. And then March, I'm trying to put together a little full band run, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And then uh, just kind of going from there. Don't forget your local pal, your, your local fans, too. That's right. Oh, actually, I mean, this won't come out before Friday, obviously, but I'm playing... Right. playing uh, with the opening up for the Coppice Brothers, oh, that's right. fundraiser thing in town, and yeah, yeah we'll be getting a, we'll be getting a good uh, local show, and of course we'll hear on Cape Pig too. Yeah, ho yeah, hopefully, yeah, yeah, that's been really cool. They've been, they've been playing the stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear a song, and I'm gonna quiet the dog and pause this really quick. Cool. It's all yours. All right. So this song's called Crawl, and it's one that's off of uh, Marlon Fisher. Okay. And it's one that I kind of wrote. Uh, on an acoustic guitar, uh, like this, and then uh, with the capo and everything, mm -hmm. and then it totally changed for the recording. Like really, that yeah, very kind of more of a upbeat kind of song, mm -hmm. like rock or whatever. That happens, or the opposite, where it's like you get an upbeat song and then you slow down the studio because you totally. And there was a couple in mine where I worked with Justin Mayer at Bear Creek, <laughs> uh huh, which I love working with Justin, but he mics everything. It's like nothing's plugged in. So my bad habit of like tapping the guitar with a pick, I had to be so careful. So I was like playing it really, really tentatively, and it slowed the song down. The guy I wrote it with goes, "That, that was actually kind of cool." So I just I, I recorded it that way so I wouldn't f it up. <laughs> totally. Then <laughs> I just changed the song. Uh -huh. So you never. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's hear this. <clears throat> all right, cough it all out real quick. All right. X-File Netflix reruns Cause I missed the boat before Back when I was only four I come to my senses And I spread out on the floor Don't wanna do this anymore Crawl towards the finish line Just crawl towards that finish line time might be in rewind It's moving so slow You keep spinning wheels and grinding 
Putting gears into the ground I've learned to love the sound chord progression too thank you nice. appreciate that one well I, I can't wait to see you live with the band solo this is i'm really i'm really happy i'm really happy you left the coffee brothers but i mean that in the best of ways because yeah we can hear this stuff we couldn't hear it before oh cool thank you man you know yeah. i was i was always writing stuff and trying to put it out but i i was it, I'm glad to just for the sake that uh, I'm able to. And I love Jamie and Kelly. I mean, I mean that in the best of all. No, it's the best. They, they, and Sam's a great new drummer. Like every, it's yeah. it's everyone was winning here because uh, now I get to to play out more often yeah. with my own stuff. You know. Yeah. And occasionally share a bill with your old bandmates. Exactly. So. It's it's everyone wins. It's <laughs> cool. Good talking to you, man. Good talking to you. We'll Thanks you for soon. having me. Yeah. Thank cool. you. Well, that was fun. It's always fun. Otherwise, why do it, right? Henry Chadwick talking about Marlon Fisher and playing with the Coffus Brothers and his new record, available on Colored Vinyl, if I didn't mention earlier. And uh, check it out. It's, it's great stuff. He's a very talented young man. Um, really, just really cool songs. Very 90s rock influence, but just with a whole bunch of other cool influences too. Great songs, great production, just all around really, really good stuff. Check it out, henrychadwick.net. And, uh, and Henry, if you're still listening, I'm looking forward to getting up and checking out your studio. Sometime later this year, I at least want to record an EP with this new band project uh, before the end of the year. If nothing else, I have this really brand, really funny brand new Christmas song that's sort of sweet and inappropriate, and I want to get it in the can before the holidays roll around, which they tend to do really fast. And we have some other new stuff, too. So once again, Henry Chadwick, henrychadwick.net. He can record your music. You can buy his music. Um, just a one-stop shop for all your music needs, henrychadwick.net. <laughs> uh, that was Songs and Stories 182. You know, I've been doing this show now for almost 12 years, and 
had a chance to talk to lots of cool people. And speaking of cool people, if the stars align, I will be talking to Jamie and Kellen Kothis, um later this week. We've been trying to schedule this for a while, but we're all we're all busy. Jamie and Kellen are they have some 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 jobs they do. Jamie's on K Pig Radio as a DJ now, and they tour. They're and you know I got whatever the hell it is I do, right? So we're all busy. But I was talking to Jamie about doing it this week, and we set this date a while back, and Jamie says, if nothing else, we have to prove that we can commit to a date. <laughs> so probably on the next episode of Songs and Stories, you'll be hearing a little bit from um, Jamie and Kellen Kothis. So once again for Songs and Stories, I'm Michael Gaither. Uh, dot com is where I'm at with these shows and my music and the shows that I'm doing with the band, Michael Gaither and his new best friend. So thanks for listening, whether you've found this on Grateful Dread Radio Nashville or Casey Cafe Radio Online, or you downloaded it from iTunes or my website or Stitcher or any places on the interwebs. Thanks for listening and learning more about these artists. Please support them by buying their music. That's how we keep doing this. And uh, we'll talk to you next time on Songs and Stories. Take care.